common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidi Show. And now we're going to talk about the podcast that belongs to the man who is responsible for Mayor Bill de Blasio <laughs> reigning over this city for eight years, who, but, by the way, ran and j- dropped out. What by the way, get? if, if got- we had to rewind the tape, when he got in the race, I was here sitting here and I said he's not going to win. He's not even come that close. He got but- 3%. Right? What did he get on the working part? Well, no, he, he got, look, the, he got 3%. Bill de Blasio, this was his home district, <laughs> and his favorables in his home district was about 20%. That's his home district. These are the people that know him best. Look, the problem that Bill de Blasio emerged with at the end of the day, his base was largely senior African Americans, and like this wasn't that kind of district. I, I got to tell you something. I would have respected much more if he ran through the tape, though. If he, he said he had things he believed in and wanted to talk about them. You know, go talk about them and 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 stand up there. You know, you've got supporters. You have people who gave you money. I think stepping out is a little bit of a wussy way to go about it. But um, you know, now now at least there's someone else who can blame who who can blame themselves for Bill Blasio. His polling I, I numbers know. were atrocious. They so were tell us about your podcast. So we, we have a podcast on the Red Apple Podcast Network. A lot of the personalities here on, on 77 WBC News Radio, the most powerful news radio station in the country, have podcasts. Mine is called Keys to the City. What we do is every time, every episode, we take one idea, a common sense idea that comes from my experience as a city councilman, as a mayoral candidate, as a congressman. The first episode, we have two episodes that are out. The first one we looked at how you bring back stop and frisk in a smart way. And what I suggest we do is stop and frisk is constitutionally permitted. It's been a tool for police departments forever. But where it got out of hand is we were doing so many of them that didn't result in any law enforcement. Right, under Bloomberg. And so I'm suggesting is the way we get crime statistics every month, we also get the 250 numbers, meaning how many stops were done, where they were done. And if people are stopping too many, we find out about them. Officers know that it's going to be transparent. We can analyze them, but we still do it because ultimately law enforcement needs to have that tool in their quiver. For the second episode – we, and every time we do an episode, we have an expert in the subject come on and either say that idea sounds good or here's another one. The second episode was the idea of taking all the different agencies and say we want to know the 5% of things you don't do well and eliminate those programs. We always have ribbon cuttings when we start a program. We never eliminate them. We have Nicole Gelinas, who's a guest of the show frequently, come on and talk about the work that they've done. Mm -hmm. So it's called Keys to the City, the Red Apple Podcast Network. As you know, you have a podcast. John has a podcast. It's a, and, and this is one called Keys to the City, and it's where we, we talk about common sense ideas. If you think my ideas are all wet, you should still download the podcast because we have guests on that sometimes agree that my ideas aren't great ones, but they have ideas of their own. So if you ever do a show about energy, I know a guy, John Katzmatidis. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're 29 straight days. We've seen the gas prices go down. What, what was it last week? What, no, it went up, then it went down. I mean, I, I uh, predicted uh, two weeks ago on Fox that uh, uh, we have reached peak pricing on crude oil and that oil was going to go down. And the interesting thing was when it looked like Biden might make a deal, President Biden uh, might make a deal in Saudi Arabia, that Friday morning it went down as low as $89 a barrel. Right. I mean, could you imagine if President Biden would have said, I'm going to open up. I'm going to open up North America, Canada, Alaska, the United States uh, to uh, crude oil, more oil, and uh, I'm not going to have the EPA punish them every time they turn around. That's all it would take. It would be, it'd be 65 to $75 a barrel within 
30 days. John, so why, been talk, why do John's that? been talking about this for months. Why not I, I do that? Instead, you're going to Saudi to Arabia that you called the pariah that President killed Khashoggi. <laughs> why? President Biden is stubborn. He doesn't want to do that. This, this isn't a supply problem. This is a refinery problem. And, and I ask you this. You're, you're in the energy business, John. Do energy, do the gas companies like high prices or do they like low prices? It has nothing to do with it. No, but that's why the, the they're people, happy. Anthony, the people that are suffering is the American people. We are moving wealth from North America. We're moving wealth from North America into the, into the hands of the Saudis, the Iranians, the, the Venezuelans now, and the Russians. And that's what we're but doing. these companies have the ability to drill now. They're Absolutely not doing it because they like high Why prices. Why should they drill? Why should they drill when, when the EPA is after their butt? And, it, and if they spend a billion dollars to, to do this X, Y, and Z, and the EPA is after their butt, I, I am a capitalist. I'm a capitalist. I believe that they're doing what a capitalist in industry does, wrong. and that is they're, they're, they're benefiting from high prices. That's why they're, they're doing it. Not when the president of the United States declares them the enemy of, the, uh, of Washington and the enemy of the White House, and that's just about what they've done. Let's move on. Sorry, my money's on John. Sorry, Let's sorry, Anthony. He, he, sorry. Does, he does know the subject a little better than me. Just I will a little confess bit, that. Just a little bit, and he's been right. What, 90-something percent of but, the time? By the, the last way, 12 months, I've been right 98% of the time. 30 yeah. days in a row, prices going down. Thank you, Joe Biden. What? It's not. It, well, well you're he top blamed of the mountain, Putin. It's got to come down. Okay, but I'm saying if you're going to blame <laughs> it when it's at the top, then you've got to thank and him I when it goes did, down. Uh, and I was on Fox this morning, and I predicted that we're going to reach uh, peak pricing on food by September. So what I said, that the, the Fed should wait. Should, you know, they spent trillions of dollars— as, uh, to, to get us out of COVID, why not wait 30, 60, 90 days? Because if they raise interest rates, the amount they want to raise them, they're going to kill the real estate industry of, the, uh, of our country. Already, on the real deal, over the weekend, 15% of the current contracts are being torn up mm-hmm. by the people yeah. that have the, the, the real, uh, to buy homes. Your mortgage is gone. To buy percent mortgages. The, the Fed has so, one tool dealing with inflation, and it's interest rates. No, what else do you want yeah, them to do? There's another tool. Joe Biden could say, let's open up North America. That's not the Fed, though. Okay, but Joe Biden, but then, then we're putting the Fed in the position where, where they have to raise prices, and he's going to kill the rest of the economy. But, but you know what? Biden's taking credit. He's saying it went from 502 to 450. It was $2.38 when he came into office. Well, well, you know what? As in the words of Larry Kudlow, the cavalry is coming. So we could possibly see a big red wave, especially coming from the Hispanic community. Joe Ithier is on the line to talk about that. There's a record number of Hispanics that are turning red. We saw what happened with Myra Flores in that historic Democrat district. It was 150 years and she turned it red. They're not tacos. They're not enchiladas. Joe Ithier, what are you hearing from the Hispanic community? Hey. Common sense. That's what it's all about. Common sense. The Hispanic community is sick and tired of the crime. They're sick and tired of what happened with the Borreguero. Okay, let's say it right. And we are now seeing an influx in uh, the South, in Florida, in Texas. I mean, they are sick and tired of what's happening in the United States. It's all about common sense, and they're going to go where the – and like John continues to say, November is critical. And we're going to see a shift by the Hispanic community who's been taken for granted 
and it's an important voting block. And by the way, I was part of the Pataki, the last campaign, greatest time I had working for George Pataki, and we created Amigos de Pataki. And that was a big influx in New York State, where Latinos who were Democrats, independents, conservatives, Republicans, went after the common sense candidate in believing in George Pataki, who did a great job and worked with all the Democratic uh, uh, elected officials throughout the state in the Latino community. He was there. And that is important when you get candidates who care about their communities, not to go to Texas and say we're tacos or say the wrong word of she said bogota instead of bodega that was pretty bad you got to admit wiener i know you i know you're a big jill biden fan but you got to admit that was ridiculous if there was not a speechwriter fired for that i don't know who but you'd not be able to say bodega the whole thing was hilarious it was it was it was embarrassing embarrassing. it was embarrassing i know we said we know the latino community they're pro-family they're pro-god they're pro-law enforcement they're pro-common sense they're they're not for what AOC stands for and the other no, there, there has been there has been that recent big big New York Times poll that came out there was a, a, a communities of color have been turning away from the Democratic Party college educated suburban voters turning towards the Democratic Party there is a realignment that might be going on here and it's will be interesting to watch and ultimately I don't believe it's crime I think it's the economy remember these are a That's lot of too. these are a lot of middle income people working families working and they're getting crushed with the economy so uh, guys. Back in the days when the Puerto Rican community, the Cuban community, the Dominican community started coming in the early 40s, 50s and stuff, they came here and became Republicans because they wanted ownership, because they wanted to have their own stores. They wanted to have properties. They wanted ownership. They want, And that's what the Republicans stood for. So way back in those days, my, uh, I was an adopted child. My adopted father was a true Republican. My mother owned a beauty parlor. My father owned a candy store. And they brought in an apartment building because they believe in the right way of life in the United States, so they went Republican because that's what it stood for. Joe, this is Craig Eaton. I hope everything's well with you. Um, we need we need to send the message out to all the Hispanics in New York City and New York State to get out and vote for change in November, to vote for Lee Zeldin. Let's do whatever we can. Well, that's you know it best, uh, Craig. You've worked with the uh, Hispanic community in Brooklyn throughout the years. Uh, you know, you 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 know what the issues are. John knows what the issues are. We've all worked hard, and you and 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 I think Anthony said it. Uh, uh, there's going to be a shift. Bob, You're going to see a shift. Joe Ithia, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, Craig Eaton and uh, Tony Carbonetti, thank you guys, and Anthony Weiner. I'm glad the shock didn't eat you. <laughs> God bless. Thank you, Lydia, my my sidekick. And uh, by the way, Curtis just Curtis Sliwa just texted me yesterday was National Ice Cream Day, and he wants me to thank Tom Carvel for making great ice cream. Okay, that's great. <laughs> well, what do we stand for in this show? Okay. Truth, Truth, justice, justice and the American, American way. way. God bless America. Thank you all.